In early October, when I was in seventh grade, my mother told me that that was going to be the last year I would be allowed to trick or treat. I was growing up, and I was crestfallen. It seems like a lot of the angst of middle school is a restless eagerness to grow up. But not for me. I wasn't interested in parties or makeup or shopping trips without chaperones. I was clinging to childhood with both hands. My parents still seemed cool to me, and I would never be ready to abandon make-believe as a way of life. Losing trick-or-treating felt like it was all slipping through my fingers. I was going to lose all the things I loved. The sticky, chalky feeling of painting my face and spraying my hair to be a witch or a ghost bride. The singy smell of jack-o'-lantern tops roasting over tea candles. The fleeting glances I got into my neighbors' lives from their front doorsteps. And the candy. Sure, I wouldn't miss the licorice or the plain muffins that one weird, stooped old lady handed out every year from orange jack-o'-lantern trash bags. Plain muffins. Not chocolate chip or even bran. Just plain. Nothing. Just plain muffins. But the plain muffins were in a bag full of candy, and I would miss the candy. Mini Mr. Good Bars, Sweet Tarts and Smarties, M&M's, Starburst, those crispy old-timey peanut butter bars, Dots, Nerds, Baby Ruth, for God's sakes, the Reese's Cups. I would trek around the neighborhood until my feet hurt and I'd itched off most of my face paint and I'd loaded up my pillowcase with candy until it was so heavy I had to wrap it around my hand and hoist it over my shoulder to keep my grip. I'd lug it to my across-the-street neighbor's house where we'd watch Young Frankenstein, and I would sort my haul by its desirability, saving the best for last, which meant, for me, saving the best for months. And this was going to be my last chance. Then, a week before Halloween, I came down with strep throat. My body had been thwarting my attempts to remain a dreamy girl child at every turn, from growth spurts to outrageous crushes on bowl-cutted boys amplified by oceans of hormones. But this felt like the most acute attack. I lost my voice and had a body-aching fever, and Halloween night loomed closer and closer, and it looked like I wasn't even going to get this grand finale to savor and wallow in. I posted up on the couch in the living room that looked out at the oak tree in the front yard, turning brilliantly orange. In a feverish haze, I watched Gone with the Wind for the first and only time. I reread the first three Harry Potter books and pined to be a witch for real. My mom brought me Campbell's chicken noodle lunches with orange juice and Flintstones vitamins, and she made sure that I was always wearing warm socks. And when I could no longer deny that I would be bedridden on Halloween night, that I would not get to trick-or-treat on my very last young enough year, my dad brought me a triple-decker Whitman sampler to devour while I watched Treehouse of Horror episodes of The Simpsons. I even had a group of friends come trick-or-treating at our house and throw some of their candy at me from the sanitary safety of the front door. When I was writing poetry in college, the theme that recurred the most besides food was maladies like this one. And that professor that I mentioned in the very first episode of this podcast put his finger on why. He said that my poems were not about being sick, but about the idea that every ailment is an occasion for a festival of tenderness. I don't remember the very last Halloween when I got to trick-or-treat, but I remember the first one when I didn't. It was a festival of tenderness. 
For my money, there's hardly a better tenderness than warm socks, hot soup, and a big box of chocolates. A decade and a half later, and I am still trying to internalize the lesson that starting a new phase in life is often something to relish rather than to dread. But I'm getting there. This first season of Clarified Butter has been a new experience that I have bounded into with great relish. Hearing and sharing stories about how food can provide comfort and tenderness and a sense of home, and how it can welcome us into new places and experiences. I am so grateful to my guests for generously sharing their stories and their time, and to my wonderful producer, Ashley Melzer, for being the engine that makes this all happen. We are going to take a short break before we jump into our second season. Thanks for listening. Keep an eye on at Clarified Butter on Twitter and Instagram for news about our second season. And until then, eat what you like and say thank you. <laughs>